Hello and welcome to another special edition of the JGP podcast in partnership with the National Housing Federation. Absolutely delighted to be joined by Angela Gascoigne from Shell Housing down in Somerset. How are you doing, Angela? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted to have Angela with us today um, to give us a bit more of a background on herself and the work they're doing over at Shell Housing. Just to start with, um, you've been CEO for almost five years now. Um, how's it gone so far? It's gone good. Um, we are a small community housing association and we work in Sedgemoor, um, Taunton Dean and West Somerset. And we are really trying to have the biggest impact we can on um, the communities that we work with and for. We have been building homes, we've been investing in our own homes and we've been working with the police, with um, social care, with education, um, with public health to make sure that we are um, punching above our weight really mm -hmm. um, and, and making sure that we can have a big impact on people's lives. Yep. I mean I've noticed that from, from looking, at, looking at the website and looking at some of the work you're doing there's a lot of focus on homelessness and those yeah. that are really in need. Is, yeah. is that something that's kind of really important to you? It is. Um, Charles' purpose um, has always been um, to house people who are on low income and on ha in housing need and who have been homeless and we have kept true to that mm -hmm. um, purpose um, and we feel that that's very much our niche yep. and that means that we will meet people where they are um, if they don't need our help that's fantastic and we'll step back but if they do need um, a bit of a hand up um, a bit of a um, helping hand then we'll make sure that we either are there for them ourselves or that we can point them in the right direction for mm -hmm. somebody who can help them. I mean at, at um, JGP we work with it's sort of a number of organisations down down in the southwest, and we often hear from them that it can feel a bit like its own world in, in, entirely yeah. sometimes. What would you, how would you say kind of working in the housing sector in, in the southwest um, is different to potentially elsewhere in the country? Well, I think a lot of people see Somerset as um, a very rural place that um, has lovely countryside. We have a beautiful coastline. Um, there are lots of little cottages, and it's all very um, chocolate boxy. And it is, and you know, absolutely, that is part of what Somerset um, is about. But it's also got. I think the biggest infrastructure project mm -hmm. in the UK at the moment with Hinkley Point C. Yep. Um, so that is having um, a big impact, particularly in Bridgewater and the surrounding areas where Shall is, is um, based. Um, and it might surprise people to know that we've currently got um, um, somebody coming from the um, Home Office who's working uh, with the police and criminal justice system and Sedgemoor District Council on organised crime. Right. Now that's perhaps not the most photogenic part <laughs> of what we do, but it is an important part and it is an important part because the communities who we um, work with and for, they see that as something that we really need to, mm -hmm. to kind of sort out. You know, drugs um, is a big issue across the whole of England. Let's not pretend it isn't. And as a housing association, we're absolutely doing our part to make sure that the communities who need to um, um, who need to deal with this are dealing with it and are supported in dealing with it. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's I mean, it, it's like you said, everyone sort of thinks of 
kind of Somerset and South West yeah. is so sort of picturesque, but it's yeah. like like any other part of the the, the country, and the, those same problems can still be kind of so yeah, ingrained. they are, and yeah. we've we've got um, our our tenants. Um, we we live in um, a high employment but low income economy. Right now, our tenants, um, the vast majority of them work. So 50% of our tenants have no housing benefit or benefits at all. Of the 50% who do, 80% of those um, are on working benefits. And the 20% who are not on working benefits have either got a disability or are between jobs Mm -hmm. or um, are retired. So, you know, the people that we are working with um, work really, really hard. Many of them have two or three jobs. And they have very um, busy lives, and we've got to make sure that as a housing association, we are able to respond to that business mm-hmm. and make our services as easy to to access as possible. Yeah. And how did you get into housing yourself? <laughs> well, I was um, I was at Leicester University studying yeah. law. I was nineteen, and I volunteered at a drop-in centre for homeless people that a Mm -hmm. friend of mine was um, managing and I met um, a young man there he was 16 years old and we played chess and he absolutely beat me (laughs) it was so (laughs) embarrassing he he was so good at chess and I was so bad at chess that I think he just thought do you know what I've just got to take pity on this woman and um, he said let's not bother playing chess and he told me his life story right and it was his life story really that kind of changed my life um, because I couldn't believe that somebody who was only 16 was homeless he had nowhere to go yeah. and um, you know I didn't come from any sort of privileged background but it just seemed incredible to me that somebody of 16 years old could be homeless and there was nobody there to help him there were no real services for Mm -hmm. him at the time so I decided to do a dissertation on homeless 16 and 17 year olds and the law that led me to research and in interview a lot of people who were working in the housing sector in Leicester and I decided that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was going to work in housing. And um, one day I was going past um, a big hotel and I saw this sign saying housing conference. So basically I gate crashed it. I didn't realise that you had to pay to come to these sorts of things. Um, I just went in and sat down. And the person that I sat down next to was Nick Rainsford. But I didn't know that either. Anyway, he and I got talking and he introduced me to um, Fred who worked at the council, Fred said, come and see me on Monday and we'll have a conversation. And um, he offered me the job of receptionist. So I finished my um, I finished my finals on the Thursday and I started working on the Monday. And I absolutely lived it. And I decided, that's it, that's what I'm doing. And I, I've lived it ever since. Wow. I mean, well, that's an incredible story. And it's... Um and it's always amazing when you think that just like a, a chance encounter like that can yeah. just completely change the, the course of someone's life. And um, and it's also, you know, it's I think one of the things that always sort of excited to speak to people that are sort of in your uh, line of work and, and things is it's always that these people are motivated by, you know, injustice and yeah. that kind of and putting a bit more giving support to those that... Uh, 
you know have otherwise not got anywhere else to to go for it yeah because not all of us are lucky enough to have you know mums and dads and mm -hmm. family and friends who can help us I remember one time you know meeting a guy it was in um, Bridgewater actually and I hadn't long been um, at Shell and I was going to get some milk for the tea fund and there was a, a guy who was there an elderly guy and he was finding it really difficult to put one foot in front of the other so I sat him down, there was a cafe nearby and I sat him down and I went and got his shopping for him and, and called a taxi for him so he could get home. And whilst I was doing that I had a chat with him and he told me that he'd been a long distance lorry driver and then he'd lost his job and for a long time he'd been homeless mm -hmm. and he basically walked from one place to the other and ended up in Bridgewater in Somerset and he had nobody you know he had no family and he had no friends and he he just needed you know I was able because I'd seen him I was able to contact social services and make sure that somebody went in to see him to see yeah. that he was okay and that's what we do as housing associations we are part of that civic structure that makes sure that those people who've got less than a lot of us have got yep are looked after because that is the hallmark of a civilised society and I wouldn't want to live in a community yeah. and, or a society that didn't do that. I mean I think something else that always I think passes some people by is that the, the homeless people are kind of very much placed in sort of one bracket and it's always you know people think that it's there's a certain certain type of person that's homeless and that's you know yeah. and there are you know a handful of causes whereas it's like there it's so so varied and some you know so there were so many must be so many different stories you hear about the yeah. way that people there are um there are a lot of reasons why any individual um becomes homeless but i think as a society um each of us has got to think about what we value and mm -hmm. we've got to think about how what power we have as an individual to make sure that the society in which we live is going to be able to hold those people, hold us when we need to be held yeah. and I think that, that those systems and those structures which embody and create justice, social justice, we need to make sure that they are supported and I think housing associations massively part of that support structure yeah. um, and as civic institutions we are there for people and a lot of what we do you know is really hidden you know mm -hmm. we don't we don't shout from the rooftops about it but that conversation that you might have with somebody just at the right time the trust and confidence that our tenants have in us that enable them to perhaps say I am struggling a bit because you're mm -hmm. not going to say that to somebody that you don't feel that you've got a relationship with yeah. and that I think is really special yeah. and it is really special and it's a privilege actually um, to have that sort of relationship with people I mean I think that's, it's a really lovely to hear and I, 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 I can imagine that it's, it, it, like you speak to people that work in sort of housing associations or charities or even um um, sort of local government organisations and we hear it a lot sort of speaking to our um, candidates that are applying for jobs that one of the biggest motivators for them is the opportunity to make a difference yeah. and I, quite like, I really like the idea that those sort of 
the privilege of being able to influence someone's life in, in yeah. for the for the better I think is 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 a really lovely um, idea. Um, so uh, you do a lot of mentoring and coaching. What motivates you to do that? Well, I guess I kind of wanted to give something back because I'd had coaches in my life who had made me see things, made me see myself in a really different way Mm -hmm. and had helped me to find my talents and to be the best that I could be. And they were amazing people and they they really, really changed my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I got very interested in um, coaching um, from having a coach myself. And... um, I then joined Housing Diversity Network as a mentor and started working with them and then got onto their board programme and it has been amazing and I I feel that as a a mentor and a coach I learn more (laughs) than the person in front of me actually Um, and I, I the people that I've worked with in this way have been so generous and so giving and have been absolutely awesome mm-hmm. and whilst they may feel that I have helped them to achieve whatever it was that they wanted to achieve it was actually their own vision their own commitment their own sense of drive and motivation which created what they mm-hmm. they have achieved yeah. for themselves and it, it's it's magic it's just amazing to see I think yeah so, it's, I mean, I'm sure it isn't as, as straightforward as this, but do you have sort of it's the first thing that you you ask someone that is sort of coming under your mentorship? Or? Well, I always ask them um, what they want. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you want from your life? What do you want to achieve at work? What is it that you are really passionate about creating? Mm-hmm. And actually, sometimes that's a very very difficult question to answer (laughs) it was for me the Mm -hmm. first time that I was asked it but it is a really liberating question to answer and I think we're not we don't ask it of ourselves enough and when we are asked it it can enable us to really go deep inside ourselves and find out what it is that's really motivating us and the answers are always different and personal and they are always very very powerful and they are those answers are what then starts to create the energy that enables the um, vision to become manifest into reality yeah. and it's kind of a process which I do think is very magical mm-hmm. and um, and I do think is kind of spiritual actually um, and very very personal to every individual And the other thing that's fantastic is that when somebody is being themselves and is realising their own personal vision, it affects the people around them, you know, so that people pick up on that energy Mm -hmm. and and it becomes this kind of positive, joyful experience. And that's what work should be. And definitely working in housing should be that. Mm -hmm. Well, the idea of sort of, you know, not only impacting the person that you're mentoring or coaching, but impacting the people that they're working with yeah. and the influence like I think I think a lot of us could learn a lot about how to be a more positive influencer in our workplaces and for the people around 
around us and um, I think to, to, to have be able to influence that must be a, must be a real pleasure it is it's amazing, amazing. And, um, and how was it that you got involved in the housing diversity network I think I just said yes to an invitation which was are you interested in coming to find out more about um, this coaching thing that mm-hmm. we do and um, and I think that was actually through my coach right and from there I did a qualification and did some studying on coaching and mentoring with the Bristol Coaching and Mentoring Centre, which again kind of opened up um, a whole layer of really interesting academic books that I could get stuck into and understand, but also because of the way that that was structured, um, helped me to reflect on myself and what mm-hmm. I wanted and how I wanted to be in in my world. Um, yeah, so that was really that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, working with the Housing Diversity Network has been amazing. Mm-hmm. My um, the 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 person that I um, was mentoring most recently is the most awesome young woman. Um, works in London and is on the board of a a London housing association and I tell you she is incredible and one of the most amazing things that that has ever been said to me she said to me because what she said was that I helped her find her voice and I tell you what the world is going to be such a much better place because this young woman has found her voice I tell you she is incredible as, I mean, it's, it's, it must be must be incredible to hear, and, and and like you said, it's the it's not. I mean, I'm sure that for you, it must be an experience of not only just telling people what they should or shouldn't do, but it's kind of like you said, helping them find their path. And I don't, you know, yeah. anyone who says that they don't need any help on the way to where they're going, I'm, I'm sure is uh, probably hasn't just hasn't got the confidence in themselves to sort of say, I I need help. So yeah, because I, I because you don't have to tell people what to do. You don't mm-hmm. actually. Um, what you what I think all of us need is a really good listening to, mm-hmm. and um, I think that you know I think for us as a sector, listening is a really important word just yeah. now, and um, and I think when we listen, listening is such an active thing to do. And um, and it kind you know just being there with somebody as they're working out for themselves something that has been maybe a little bit opaque to them or they haven't quite been able to grasp it or there's some sort of problem which they're working through mm-hmm. and they come to their own uniquely personal solution. Wow, it's just fabulous. It's yeah. wonderful. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds really nice. It just you know won't be able to be communicated through the podcast, but just seeing your face light up when you talk <laughs> about these things is a really lovely thing. Um, and so the people that I've spoken to that are working working in the um, housing sector and um, something that we we speak about a lot is sort of the the future proofing the sector, bringing a new um, a new generation in in and. Um, how, how important do you think that is and um, what do you feel like a, a, a career in housing offers someone who might be considering it? I think that's massively important and I'm really pleased that um, over the last couple of years at Shall, um, whilst we've said goodbye to some fantastic colleagues, we've also said hello to some other colleagues who are very young 
um, uh, our first um, woman member of our repairs team, which is really great. And um, we've also seen people come to us who perhaps haven't been in the housing sector before. So, so it's been really um, fantastic seeing them get to understand what housing is all about and 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 actually see the impact that their um, energy and commitment has on people's lives Mm -hmm. and seeing them get a real kick out of that so um, for example we had um, a young woman come to spend a week with us um, from school so she came to do a bit of work experience and um, she had no idea what a housing association was um, and we took her through the whole gamut of everything we did from from my job um, t- through finance through our repairs team through a housing officer through sitting on reception um, and at the end of it she told me that she was completely blown away and she had had no idea that she was going to come into an organization that did so many things and had such a far-reaching effect she was particularly concerned about the use of food banks which she hadn't been aware of before Mm -hmm. and um, did some did a piece an article for us um, and she was also concerned it was just as the um, uh, green paper was um, coming out and she also did a a piece for us on um, stigma which she felt was a horrendous thing and um, as a result of that she's she, she's not um, wanting to go into housing but she's wanting to go into journalism and I think that was part of her journey was just we were part of her seeing mm-hmm. that there were people in this world who perhaps didn't have a, a very fair um, crack of the whip and yeah. she um, has decided that she's going to be part of um, the media which is going to make sure that those social injustices are fought yeah. so that was pretty good sounds amazing um, and and so what, apart from potentially a career in journalism what do you think a career in housing offers people <laughs> well I there, there are so many different jobs you can do in housing yeah. um, and you know what we our mission and our values are really important mm. but then everything that goes around that um, there's something for everybody I think yeah. so um, you know one of our colleagues um, started off um, running our reception services he now um, is responsible for our communications because that's a really important part of what yeah. we do and we realise how important communications are you can go on the trades if you like fixing things and making things if you you know if you love being with people you can work with people shoulder to shoulder and make sure that it, they've got what they need um, there's all, there's something there is something for everybody mm-hmm. and i think one of the things um, that is really important for younger people nowadays is that they are having they are making a difference in the world and they are having um, an impact in the world and you know join a housing association change the world it's a definite change the world sort of career. Yeah, I mean, with something that always sort of resonated with me is that you speak to people that are running housing associations and they'll say that, yes, we have a finance team or an IT team and stuff, but the people that are in our finance team or in our IT team, they're not just there to do 
finance or IT, they're they're like you say, changing the world yeah. by providing better yeah. better digital services for yeah. the for residents. So you know. And I think in a smaller housing association, um, I think very special people work for smaller housing associations mm-hmm. because it's a very pointy place to be. There's no hiding place. You know, if you don't do what you said you would do, it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do it. If you work in finance, as uh, my colleagues Jan and Jen do, they will find themselves sitting on reception. Yeah. So they will be, you know, talking to our customers coming through the door. Working in a smaller housing association is um, very, very challenging in a really good way because you there is... You, you are always learning. You're always just outside of your comfort zone. And particularly if you're in a sort of organisation which is inviting you to bring your whole self to work and to really take responsibility, it's fantastic. You can, you can, you can do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You can create what needs to be done. Um, there is no hierarchy. There is no bureaucracy. Um, you can work in a very agile flexible responsive way and I think that's what a lot of people are looking for there's a lot of autonomy within a smaller housing association because you haven't got there is no bureaucracy it you just have to get on and do things yeah and so what are the um kind of recruitment challenges associated with finding these 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 really special people or is it just making sure that that story of what is on offer is properly um communicated I think it is about making sure that um, people um, realise that at Shell, if you join Shell, if you join our team, a lot will be expected of you. You will work really hard, but you will be able to get things done. Mm -hmm. So if you're the sort of person who wants to make a difference, wants to have an impact, likes to see the change that they want to um, deliver, then working for Shao will really, really suit you. It isn't going to suit somebody perhaps who likes steady state because we have no steady state. We are very impatient about wanting to improve what we do every day. So the conversations that we have with each other are about, well, yeah, that's great. How can we get it better? Mm -hmm. Or... Um, I'm, you know, I don't like this. There's something not right about this. Maybe there's some work, there's something, some difference somewhere else that will be even better than what we're doing at the moment. Yeah. And I, I, we are very challenging to each other as well. So um, we are quite an assertive bunch of people, and we are all very different from each other. But we have, I think, we share a, a real sense of the same values yeah. and a very clear sense of purpose and fitting into that takes a special kind of person and it doesn't matter about the sort of skills and experience you've had because actually the future might not need those skills and experience what really matters is the values that you hold that you want to be part of an organization that sees social justice at its core yeah and also that you are really willing to learn to take responsibility mm-hmm. to be accountable um, and to support other people wh- whoever they are whether that's the board whether that's our tenants whether that's your colleagues whether that's 
another uh, people in another organization mm -hmm. you know just being able to think okay what's the most impact I can have today in yep. what I do and just getting on and doing it and that isn't for everybody but it is for my colleagues yeah and so is um, kind of during recruitment and things is, is presumably you have to be quite transparent about the challenges that are await and and the the type of you know the type of things that you desperately need in order to succeed yeah. in it's you know you know some because I'm passionate about housing and I'm passionate about what we do um I started off really um selling shall and mm -hmm. selling what we do and you know telling people how fantastic it is to work with us after a while I began to to try and put people off a bit yeah. <laughs> because I'm saying to people it's you know you've got to work really hard and we expect a lot of you and it's tough and we expect you to go the extra mile or two in fact mm -hmm. that's written in people's job descriptions we expect you to go the extra mile or two yeah and I think that's fair to say that you know to say this is not going to be easy because I want people to come in and not be shocked by how much work they have yeah. to do but also I want them to find joy in that work you know because if you if you love what we do you know it's not work mm -hmm. um, if perhaps you find if you want a much more steady state sort of organization that's not is and I don't think any small housing association is really like that yeah personally I'm, I'm sort of totally on board with what you're saying in that if I, we speak to a lot of people um, and it's actually encouraging people to be brave enough to to almost turn people away at the door yeah. just because it's um, let's you know let's not waste each other's time let's not uh, you yeah. know we're you're not going to succeed here and we're not going to be the right yeah. place for for you and um, just because I, I can imagine in a small small organisation like yours that's really really important. Well, I kind of see see us as an SME housing association mm -hmm. and um, with a bit of, with a startup mentality. Yeah. Um, we're never satisfied, um, we're never complacent, um, we're always curious about what other people are doing and what we could do better, um, and we have got a really clear sense of mission and purpose, so if that's you, you'll really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. If it isn't you, then you know, you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Angela, I, I could listen to you talk all day about this, it's been so, so nice, but we have, we're fast running out of time. Um, if, if people were interested in um, finding out more about Shao, am I right? Shao.org? Yeah, Shao.org. Um, and can people find you on Twitter? They and, can, um, um, at Angela Gascoigne. Very easy yeah. to find. And if you want to email me, it's Angela at Shao.org. Well, um, I encourage anyone to do that and find out more about the incredible work you're, you're doing. I would like to say so, thank you so much for sitting down to, to talk to me. Thanks for the opportunity, Sam. Okay.